Genesis 42, verse 1. Paul was an enemy of the gospel, an enemy of the church, an enemy of God. But he met Jesus on the Damascus Road, and everything changed. The Bible says you and I were enemies of God until we came to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, you may not have had a purpose against God, but the, the bent of our hearts before we come to Christ is one against the purposes and plans of God for our lives and for this world. And so, uh, praise God for the message of the cross, for the grace that is ours in Jesus Christ, and that God changes us, He reconciles us. I love that, that word, through Jesus Christ. Uh, I love the scripture, it says that, uh, that uh, Jesus uh, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And uh, what a great work God has done to reconcile us to Himself. And because we've been reconciled, we are called, as God's people, to reconcile with others. How can we reconcile broken relationships? Um, Joseph, in this scripture, has been sold by his brothers into slavery. He has been falsely accused and put in prison and all of these things. Finally, he's exalted to, the, to uh, Pharaoh's right hand uh, and is now ruling and passing out food during a time of famine. Uh, and who should he see among the people coming to get food but his brothers? Of course, Joseph looks a little different now. He's a grown man. He's, instead of being 17 years old, he's now a grown man. His head is shaved because he's, he's living like the Egyptians, so that, that's a little different. He's wearing Egyptian clothing. He's speaking an Egyptian language. So they don't recognize him, but he recognizes them. And uh, he begins a process. Uh, he see, They bow before him, and all of a sudden, he remembers the dreams that he had when he was 17 years old. Uh, that God had placed in his heart to let him know about his future. And uh, he begins to, to make a plan. He realizes, okay, ten of the brothers are here, but the dreams I had said that father, mother, and twelve, uh, the, well, eleven, eleven brothers would bow before me. Well, now, Rachel has died, so... Leah is the mother, so there's the sun, the moon, and the, the uh, 11 stars bowing before Joseph. Now, of course, this has not happened yet, but this is what he knows is the plan. So he begins a plan, and he's going to get all of his family down to Egypt to sustain them there. But in the meantime, he's got to determine, are his brothers the same scoundrels they were when they sold him into slavery? And so he begins a process of testing them and discerning exactly what the best way to go about this would be. And uh, in the midst of all this, a reconciliation occurs that brings these broken relationships to a place of healing. Now, we're not going to quite get there today, uh, but we're going to see some uh, of the beginning steps of this reconciliation 
that took place in their family. And uh, no matter who you are, at some time in your life, you've had a broken relationship. That may have been something minor or it could be something major. But all of us face broken relationships and, and even within our families, and we have to make restoration of those relationships. And so uh, these are some good skills and some good principles we can learn to help us redeem those broken relationships in our life. And that's the title of my message, Redeeming Broken Relationships. So look with me at verse 1 of Genesis 42. It says, When Jacob learned that there was a grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you keep looking at each other? Listen, he went on. I've heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we will live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he thought something might happen to him. The sons of Israel were among those who came to buy grain, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Joseph was in charge of the country. He sold grain to all its people. His brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan to buy food, they replied. Though, although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Joseph remembered his dreams about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see the weakness of the land. No, my lord, your servants have come to buy food, they said. We are all sons of one man. We are honest. Your servants are not spies. No, he said to them, you have come to see the weakness of the land. But they replied, we, your servants, were twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no longer living. Then Joseph said to them, I have spoken. You are spies. This is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one from among you to get your brother. The rest of you will be in prison so that your words can be tested to see if they are true. If they are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. So Joseph imprisoned them together for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, I fear God. Do this and you will live. If you are honest, let one of you be confined to the guardhouse while the rest of you go and take grain to relieve the hunger of your household. Bring your youngest brother to me so that your words can be confirmed, then you won't die. And they consented to this. Then they said to each other, obviously, we are being punished for what we did to our brother. We saw his deep distress when he pleaded with us, but we would not listen. This is why this trouble has come to us. But Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to harm the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must account for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph understood them since there was an interpreter between them. He turned away from them and wept. When he turned back and spoke to them, he took Simeon from them and had him bound before their eyes. Joseph then gave orders to fill their containers with grain, return each man's silver to his sack, and gift them provisions for their journey. This order was carried out. They loaded the grain on their donkeys and left there. At the place where they lodged for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey, and he saw the silver there at the top of his bag. He said to his brothers, My silver has been returned. It's here in my bag. 
their hearts sank. Trembling, they turned to one another and said, What is this that God has done to us? When they reached their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. The man who is the Lord of the country spoke harshly to us and accused us of spying on the country. But we told him, We are honest and not spies. We were twelve brothers, sons of the same father. One is no longer living, and the youngest is now with our father in the land of Canaan. The man who is Lord, the Lord of the country said to us, This is how I will know if you are honest. Leave one brother with me, take food to relieve the hunger of your households, and go. Bring back your youngest brother to me, and I will know that you are not spies, but honest men. I will then give your brother back to you, and you can trade in the country. As they began emptying their sack, there in each man's sack was this bag of silver. When they and their father saw the bags of silver, they were afraid. Their father Jacob said to them, It's me that you make childless. Joseph is gone and Simeon is gone. Now you want to take Benjamin. Everything happens to me. Then Reuben said to his father, You can kill my two sons if I don't bring him back to you. Put him in my care and I will return him to you. But Jacob answered, My son will not go down with you, for his brother is dead and he alone is left. If anything happens to him on your journey, you will bring my gray hairs down to Sheol in sorrow. All right. So uh, redeeming broken relationships. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we need the Spirit to help us see clearly. We need the Spirit to help us see clearly. In verse 7, when Joseph saw his brothers. Um, Think about this. People from all over the region were coming to get food. Uh, there had to have been hundreds of people uh, gathered around the place where Joseph was distributing the food. And I'm sure Joseph had helpers who were, who were dealing with some of the people and, and uh, helping different, different ones. The fact that Joseph just so happens to see his brothers, they just so happened to come to him, uh, and he recognizes them is truly remarkable in the midst of all this humanity that is coming for food. But God has a purpose. And so God enables Joseph to recognize his brothers. He brings his brothers to Joseph specifically so that Joseph can fulfill the purpose that God has for his life. You and I have a purpose that God has given us, a purpose in our lives. We have purpose, purposes in different areas of our lives. And uh, we're put into the family that we're a part of for a reason. Um, some of you say, well, I wish I wasn't put in the family where I was, I was put in. Uh, but uh, God has placed you there as a light and a minister for him. Same thing's true of your workplace. Same thing's true of this church. You're here uh, for God's errand, uh, if, God, if God's led you to this place, then he wants to use you in this body of believers. And so um, God has a purpose, and we need to ask God to help us see the purposes he has. Joseph recognizes the purpose. Uh, all these memories are flooding back, and he realizes, okay, this is about more than just a famine in Egypt, or even a famine in the region. God has put me here strategically for my family to preserve the promised seed that God has, has uh, told uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and, 
uh, Eve earlier on and uh, uh, this promise, this Messiah who would come, he needed to be preserved. Now, Joseph didn't understand all the ins and outs of that, but he knew there was a promised seed. He knew that Abraham was promised to be made a great nation and that through, all, through Abraham, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And so Joseph recognizes of all the purposes I'm fulfilling uh, just simply by distributing food to all these different nations and, and to the people of Egypt, um, my greatest purpose is to minister to my family in this case. So God may sometimes bring uh, someone into your life because God wants you to minister to them. Maybe he wants you to share Christ with them. Uh, but God has a purpose. And we need to ask God to help our eyes to be open to see clearly these opportunities that God gives us uh, and to take advantage of those opportunities to make a difference in the lives of people. Uh, God had a divine appointment that day for Joseph. Um, I remember uh, my pastor when I was a kid, he, he was, you know, he, he said, uh, he said, yeah, I said, I broke down by the side of the road. I had a flat tire, and he said, I saw you pass me, and I saw you pass me, and I saw you pass me. Nobody saw me, and nobody stopped. Uh, so sometimes we could be oblivious. Uh, but there will be those times where God just brings somebody to mind. Maybe you're supposed to pray for that person. Or perhaps God helps you see that there's a person who's grieving or who's struggling, and you need to provide a word of encouragement. Uh, perhaps there's somebody with a physical need that needs help. Uh, but God opens our eyes to these opportunities at certain strategic times in our lives so that we can fulfill his purpose. And reconciliation is a part of that purpose. Uh, Joseph would not have been able to fulfill the purpose of preserving his family uh, and, and of God's purpose being achieved through his life without that reconciliation occurring. He would eventually bring them all to, to Egypt in a, in a special place to preserve them. Uh, but, but reconciliation needed to happen for that to take place. Sometimes God will bring across this specific person, maybe that you have a broken relationship with, so that you can begin a process of reconciliation because God wants to use you in that person's life. Reconciliation often is the trigger for a revival. Um, I remember hearing a story about this, uh, this church, and these two men had held a grudge against each other for years and years and years. Decades had gone by and uh, would not speak to each other in the same church, <laughs> would not speak to each other. And uh, during a service one night, God grabbed a hold of both of their hearts. They went to each other. They reconciled, and revival broke out in the church. Isn't that something? Uh, so reconciliation is often a vehicle that God uses to bring his purposes to pass. Uh, so we need the Holy Spirit to help us see clearly in these situations. We need the wisdom of God sometimes in these reconciliation processes as well, and we need to ask God for that. So uh, we need the Holy Spirit to help us see clearly we need the Holy Spirit to help us recognize carefully. Now, this is there's a whole lot of word plays, which I, I don't have time to get into this, but uh, when you compare this with the, the betrayal of Joseph when they sold him into slavery, some of the same words are used in this passage that were used in that passage. And they're, they're kind of going back and forth. Uh, 
and alluding to these things. So, uh, Joseph recognizes his brothers, but he also recognizes that his recognition is limited. Okay? In other words, he doesn't, he knows who they are, but he really doesn't know who they are. This is why he starts a testing process, right? Are they the same wicked people that they were before? Uh, he doesn't know their hearts, and so uh, he is recognizing them, but doing so carefully. When he was 17, he thought, well, these are my brothers. I can trust my brothers. And so he goes to them, and it never occurs to him that, that they would, first of all, that they hated him the way he, they hated him, but, but secondly, that they would try to kill him and then change their mind to make profit off of him and sell him into slavery. And, uh, you know, he, he pled with them, and they wouldn't listen, and he had totally misjudged them. He didn't see uh, the character flaws that were there. And so uh, God helps him, in this case, to recognize them carefully. Uh, he's, did you know that when you reconcile with somebody, you don't have to be naive? When you reconcile, if somebody has done you wrong, yes, you cancel that debt uh, of wrong done to you, and you forgive that person. But forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to, to be unwise in the way that you deal with that person. Uh, matter of fact, if you're smart, what you're going to do is, is take steps to discern where that person is. Uh, you may forgive that person, but you may not be able to trust that person. And, and it may be wise, uh, and, you know, I've even heard of cases where maybe there's abuse or something like that going on. Um, it might be wise for you not to go to that person's house or be anywhere near that person. Um, so Joseph isn't just plunging in and, and trusting his brothers automatically. He, he's recognizing them carefully. Um, and he's going to go through a process of understanding who they are. And uh, he tells them he's going to test them, but they have no idea how he's going to test them, uh, that he understands their language. He's using an interpreter and everything. Um, but he is taking steps uh, to be careful in how he relates to these people who have done him wrong in the past. Um, sometimes people are genuine and want to make things right, but other times people are just wicked. And when people are wicked, you've you got to take measures to protect yourself and others around you. Um, and uh, the Scripture even acknowledges the fact that sometimes there will be a person who will not repent, who will not reconcile, and who may even be dangerous to the body of Christ. And so um, recognizing people carefully helps us see but beyond just that surface level, we'd be, we ask for God for discernment. That's a, a great prayer to ask God, Lord, as I'm trying to make this relationship right, I also need to be careful because I've had these experiences with this person and I'm not sure where this person is and where I stand with this person and what the risks are. So God, give me wisdom, give me discernment as I interact with this person. And so uh, Joseph is taking steps to do that uh, carefully. He says he treats them like strangers and speaks harshly to them. Now, uh, some say, well, why would Joseph do such a thing? Why would he treat them harshly? I think he's doing, 
I think it's part of his plan to get his family down there, for one, because that's what he, that's what he ends up saying. You've got to bring Benjamin. Uh, you know, so he's going through a process of getting his family there. But I think he's also turning up the heat. He's creating pressure in their life. He sticks them all in prison for three days. And then he says, okay, I'm not going to keep you all here and send one brother. I'm going to let you all go except for one brother. I'll keep one brother here. And you go and you bring Benjamin back, and, and that'll be the way I test you and see if whether or not you're truly spies. And so he's turning up the heat, and this is also a protection for Benjamin because if they bring him down there, Joseph wants him to know there's no meal ticket if your brother Benjamin's not with you. You're not going to see me unless your brother Benjamin's with you. So <clears throat> all of this process uh, is intended to turn up the heat so he can see what they're made of. You know, God sometimes does that with us, right? It's not that God doesn't know in his omniscience, but God will allow us to experience pressure, sometimes I think to reveal to ourselves where we are spiritually. I can remember having a, a lot higher opinion of myself than I deserve to have, and, and, you know, God can just, he kind of remove his hand a little bit, and we wither, and we realize where we truly are. And uh, I can remember being ashamed of how I, how I responded to God and how I treated the Lord when, when the pressure was on. Uh, but sometimes um, the pressure also will reveal our character to others, right? When, when things are going wrong in our lives, it's an opportunity to show the supernatural character of our Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Um, and, and as people who are lost view us and how we respond to these things, uh, God can use it to make a great impression uh, on their lives, on our families. Okay, So uh, pressure is not always a bad thing, and Joseph is turning up the heat. He wants to know what these brothers of his are like. He wants their true character to come out. And so he's turning up the heat, and he will indeed, as he turns up the heat, he'll find out what is really going on in their lives. So <clears throat> um, uh, the Holy Spirit, so how do we redeem broken relationships? We need the Holy Spirit to help us see clearly, to recognize carefully, thirdly, to remember purposefully. Uh, verse 9, Joseph remembered his dreams about them. Um, so, you know, all of this is happening. It's got to be kind of overwhelming to Joseph in some ways because he's seeing these brothers he hadn't seen for so long. Then I'm sure there's emotions that are coming to the surface as he remembers uh, what they did. And, um, and then he remembers these dreams. But he's not just remembering to remember. He's remembering with a purpose. He's, he says, okay, this is what God has in mind. This is what God has told me, uh, that his plan is, is for my family to bow down to me. And I'm seeing the beginning of that, but I'm not seeing the fulfillment of that. So I recognize that part of what I'm called to do is to get my family down here so that I can uh, fulfill the purpose God has. And uh, so he remembers purposefully. <clears throat> um, God may bring somebody from their past uh, and help you kind of reinitiate a relationship with them. Not the, even that it's a broken relationship, but for the specific purpose 
so that you can minister to that person in their life. So Joseph is remembering, but he's remembering with a purpose. Um, God's purpose that, that he has placed in Joseph's life, and he, he, God has revealed to him the path he's supposed to take. And so Joseph begins to carry out that purpose uh, as he remembers what God has said to him in the past. Um, <clears throat> one of the things we need to do is try to carry out the purpose of God that he reveals to us in his word, through his spirit, uh, and to recognize the, uh, the, the fact that when we come across somebody, maybe that we've known in the past, a friend or uh, maybe an acquaintance we've known in the past, perhaps God has let us meet that person for a reason. Perhaps God has a purpose a divine appointment, so to speak, so that we can minister to that person who is in need. Uh, perhaps it may be that they're going to minister to us, right? Hey, that's great. Um, uh, but, but God has a way of doing that, that call. Um, I, I remember uh, calling a friend. I, I hadn't spoken to in some time, and uh, was, uh, I just felt led to share a word of encouragement with him. And um, I, I told him what I felt like God wanted me to share with him. And I said, I don't know if this means anything to you, but this is what I feel like I'm supposed to share with you. And uh, he said, that is exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> he said, thank you so much for, for being obedient to God with that. But, you know, we just don't know where people are. And so, so look, at, look at your life and the things that happen uh, that, that may be unexpected, perhaps God has a reason for bringing those things about. See if there's a purpose that God would have you to fulfill. And, of course, reconciliation, if you have a broken relationship, would be part of the purpose of God. That is, God wants us to reconcile. But Joseph is, is looking at the purposes as a whole and uh, seeking to fulfill those things. So, uh, and as you fulfill God's purpose, then God can work in that other person's life. You know, sometimes a relationship is broken, and uh, there's, a, there's a, one of the Proverbs talks about an offended brother uh, is harder to reach. Uh, you know, there, there, it, there's a great difficulty in reaching them. Uh, and sometimes there's a barrier there, and sometimes there, there are things we don't know how to get past. Maybe there's hurt feelings there, and you, maybe you try to apologize to that person, and you try to make things right, but they don't receive it. Of course, you know, all you can do is your side of it, is to try to make things right, but you can also uh, pray about that situation, and God can work in that person's heart. And as you do what God calls you to do, then God can work in that other person's life, and God is doing exactly that uh, in, this, in, in this situation, because as Joseph is turning up the heat, and as Joseph is speaking to them harshly and giving them a hard time, their consciences are speaking to them. Remember what we did? We're getting what we deserve. We remember how our brother pleaded with us to, to not do these things, and we, we didn't listen to him. We were hard-hearted toward him, and that's the reason we're suffering. And all these things are, these, these memories are flooding back to them, and they're thinking about these things, and God is using this circumstance, as Joseph is obedient to God, God is using this circumstance to bring them to a place of repentance, uh, forgiveness, reconciliation, 
And uh, it is truly a, a beautiful thing that God does here. And um, uh, so we, we need the Holy Spirit to help us remember purposefully. He didn't remember for the purpose of bitterness. He remembered to fulfill God's purpose. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us see clearly, to recognize carefully, to remember purposefully, and to test wisely. Uh, verses 15 and 16 uh, talk about this. Joseph tells him in verse 15, This is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one from among you to get your brother. The rest of you will be in prison so that your words can be tested. So I, he says, I'm testing you. I'm testing your words. But they think he's just testing him about being spies. They don't know he's also testing them about their character to see what's going on. And, and he, he's getting an earful. He, they don't know that he can understand what they're saying. He's using an interpreter, but he's, he's listening. And apparently he didn't even know that Reuben, his brother, had, had tried to intercede for him. Uh, he, he didn't know uh, what, what had happened uh, uh, in, in the details that, that before, both before and after they sold him into slavery. And so... Uh, he's overcome with emotion as he hears these things, but he recognizes that his brothers have been carrying this guilt and that they're broken and that they feel like God's against them. And, uh, you know, isn't it amazing? God is in the process of working out his best purposes for them, but they think God's against them. Have you ever felt that way in your life? You blow it, you, you sin against God. And you, you think, well, God must be against me. Well, praise God, because of Jesus, God's not against us. He's for us. <laughs> and we can just trust him. Uh, where sit about it, there to grace much more about. Now, he may discipline us, but he is for us even in the discipline. Uh, he is on our side. But, but, but this, they're carrying this guilt around. They, they feel like God is against them. They're weighed down with the past decisions that they have made. And Joseph is now beginning to hear the turmoil they have gone through over the years. Uh, it's interesting to me that when they go back and tell their father what, what uh, has been said, he says, he says you're you're taking, you've taken away Joseph from me, you've taken away Benjamin from me, and now, uh, now you're going, uh, you've taken away Simeon from me, and now you're going to take away Benjamin. Everything's against me. You're doing everything against me. Now, I don't know... I think Jacob's speaking out of emotion here. I don't think they've told him what specifically what they've done. There's a lot of things that we don't know about in the background here that I'd be curious to know. But Jacob is blaming them for the situation. Little does he know he is right, he's hitting the nail right on the head. That's exactly what they did. They were responsible. And even through Jacob's words, God is convicting them of the sin of their past. He's bringing them to a place of repentance. And, um, and eventually that will take place. So Joseph is a part of all that. He's testing them. Uh, did you know the Bible speaks a whole lot about testing? Um, the, the scripture says that God tests us. He refines us and First uh, Peter talks about that, how God uh, goes through a refining, just like uh, gold is refined, and you take off the, the skimmings until you can see your own reflection in the gold. So God refines us 
through difficulty in our lives so so that our image his image is seen in us um, but we're also encouraged to test we're encouraged to test deacons right there's a there's a test period that takes place right we're encouraged to evaluate pastors before we call pastors right uh, to, do they fulfill qualifications are you know and uh, do they live a godly life? Do they have a good witness? Uh, these things. Now, no pastor's perfect, but but you look at these things and you evaluate these things and you're testing these things. Um, so this is is a biblical principle, and Joseph is testing his brothers. Uh, this is a good principle because when somebody wrongs you, yes, you're called to forgive them. It doesn't matter whether whatever they do. If they stay angry and bitter till their death. You're called to forgive them, and it sets you free, and it gives you the ability to walk with Christ in the way that you need to walk with Christ. Uh, but the flip side of that is that though you forgive, you cancel that debt, and you're not bringing it up, and you're not holding that grudge, you're also dealing with that person with wisdom, and you're testing that person. Um, we, uh, I've read some, some uh, different things, and and some of the areas of the country where they have a lot of uh, uh, issues with uh, perversion and things like that, uh, when, s- when these people come to Christ, um, this one church, they would actually, and they'd tell the people, when you're, you're coming, you're giving your heart to Christ, you're going to serve in our church, but we want you to understand, we're going to tell the people, if you're going to serve in our church, we're going to tell you the people what your, your past issues have been, so that we can deal with this wisely, right? I mean, if you if you have have uh, been a uh, kleptomaniac and you, you you steal everything in the in the kitchen sink, uh, we're not going to put you uh, in the position of treasurer of our church, right? So uh, so there's a testing there, and and yes, do people change? Sure, they do. But there's a testing process, and there's an observation, and 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 we see. Uh, before we just hop in with with both legs, we we test the situation out, and so that's an important principle because I think a lot of people think, well, if I forgive that person, that means I have to let them do whatever they want. Uh, if they've harmed me in this way, I have to make myself vulnerable to be harmed again. Not necessarily so. Uh, forgiveness is just the canceling of a debt. Uh, God uh, approves of dealing with a person wisely. Um, in the case in Corinthians, they've got the guy, he's, he is uh, sleeping with his stepmother, and he's celebrating it in the church. And Paul says, deliver him over to Satan, which I think means uh, let him experience the full consequences of, of his choices um, and, uh, and, and don't develop these close friendships with this guy. This guy needs to be disciplined. Well, what are they doing? As, as this guy is disciplined and the church disciplines this guy, there's a change. He repents of his sin. They see the fruit of that repentance. And finally, Paul writes to them and he says, look, we don't, we don't need to be outwitted by the devil. This guy has repented. We need to receive him back into the church with good graces and, and love him and support him just like we had done beforehand uh, because he's repented. So you observe, you test, and, and then that person is able uh, to once again be trusted. So 
uh, this is kind of the idea. And, and reconciliation doesn't mean checking your brain at the door. Okay, so uh, you can use your, your, your mind, you can, you can pray for wisdom to navigate the situation in a wise way. All right, uh, so uh, this is the first stage of this reconciliation process, but you also begin to see the evidence of Joseph's forgiveness, right? At first he puts all of his brothers in jail for three days. Right, uh, I don't think he's being vindictive here. Uh, I think he's just turning up the heat. But uh, Joseph had been in prison. They're in prison. But after three days, he says, you know, I, I think there's a thought process here. Wait a second. My family's hungry. Maybe he's thinking about my father. What will happen to my father if only one of his sons comes back and he, he asks for Benjamin? And so he says, I fear God, and because I fear God, I'm going to let all of you go except one. You take the food back to the family, you uh, feed your families, and, and then Joseph also puts the money that they purchased the grain with into their sacks. Of course, that scares them half to death, and I think that's part. He, Joseph is, again, turning up the pressure, uh, but... Uh, but he's also doing something very good and very generous. He's giving them back what they paid for their grain. And you see that Joseph has forgiven them. He's forgiven them. He's not holding a grudge. If he'd held a grudge, he could have just called out the death sentence. I mean, the only person more powerful than him in the whole nation was Pharaoh. And Pharaoh would have supported him on it. Uh, but Joseph acts in mercy and grace and does good to his enemy. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Um, and uh, he said, we as Christians are to be forgiving and to be loving toward people even when they're not loving toward us. And so uh, Jake, Joseph is doing this and you see the beginnings and his forgiveness uh, and, and his purpose that he's carrying out that God has given him is going to lead to the reconciliation of his family. And one of the most moving passages in all the scripture, I think, when you see them reconciled. And, um, I, I was reading a, a book um, about heaven uh, a number of months ago, and um, they were talking about the fact that uh, relationships that are broken on earth will be reconciled in heaven. Won't that be an amazing thing to see the relationships restored that, uh, that have been broken and possibly fathers and sons being reconciled, uh, brothers, as in Joseph's case, being reconciled, uh, maybe business partners being reconciled. Uh, but listen, God doesn't want us to wait for heaven to get there. It'll happen in heaven. God wants us as, as much as it lies with us to reconcile here. All right, so redeeming. Broken relationships, how do we do it? We need to have the Spirit help us to see clearly, recognize carefully, remember purposefully, and test wisely. And these are the initial steps of reconciling a uh, relationship, especially when there's uh, danger or concern there for that. And uh, as, as we do this as God's people, as we follow God's purpose, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, uh, as we honor God in these decisions, God will honor us, and, and uh, some very good things are about to happen.
in the lives of these folks as they trust God. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us uh, to redeem these broken relationships, Lord, that we have with folks. And uh, Lord, help us to genuinely forgive. Give us wisdom in, in navigating, Lord, what, how much to trust somebody after forgiveness. And um, help us take the steps to fulfill the purposes you have for us and the situations that come our way and even in the reconciling that comes our way, God. And help us be your instruments of healing and restoration. Help us to be peacemakers here in this world as Jesus called us to be. And God, give us your supernatural love, your supernatural wisdom. And Father, thwart the devil as he tries to break relationships.